the blast from our past network. Welcome to Podcasting After Dark presents Interviews After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Tonight's interview is with the creator and director of The Life and Slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage. Director, Kevin Von Esper. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a bonus episode of Podcasting After Dark. I am one half of the pad team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Zach the Total Snackage Shaver. And tonight, we have a special guest on the show. We are talking to Kevin Von Esper about his upcoming Dookie Flyswatter and the Haunted Garage documentary. What's up, Kevin? Hi. <laughs> perfect, perfect. What's up, what's up? See, for Perfect. the audio audience, uh, my eyeball is a uh, CD cover from a band called The Ads of Dookie Flyswatter's infamous eyeballs, uh, as photographed by punk legend uh, photographer Edward Culver. Woo, well, you, probably know, you probably know him from all any hardcore uh, record that came out in the 80s in L.A., the Black Flag cover with the Henry in the Mirror, all that stuff. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, cool. you all know his work for sure. Okay. Is, is that is is uh the image that that Kevin just held up? Uh, and by the way, yeah, thank you, Kevin, for joining us. It's so badass yes. to have you on our show. Thank you for having me. Um, the the Some the image is that Dookie's face or who's this who's is face? Dookie Flyswatter's eyeball. And and um, there's is there is there a mask or is that like his eye getting stretched out? That is really his face. Oh my gosh. And that's why Haunted Garage and Deku Flosswater is so unique because you never know what you're going to get. It might be something real like a rat trap on his real crazy looking eye bags or, um, you know, some fake characters jumping into the audience. You never know. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you, you, you know, that brings up a good point for those of us who are uninitiated to the world of Dookie Flyswatter. Uh, can you can you give us a backstory on him? You know, the, the sure. haunted garage, his film career, his music career, the whole the whole nine yards. Well, why should we all be excited for this documentary? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have seen Dookie Flyswatter before and you may just not have realized it yet, but we're going to Find out where you saw him tonight and you're gonna, your mind's going to be blown with all the connections. Um, he is a Hollywood weirdo from the, you know, he got started becoming known in the, in the mid 80s. I would say 1985 is when he started acting in B-movie horror flicks and writing them. He did, um, he wrote Blood Diner and he was in the movie we're going to talk about tonight, Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Volorama, Nightmare Sisters, which was filmed uh, several days later. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Surf Nazis Must Die, all these crazy movies that you loved uh, in the video store retro VHS era. Yeah, He was involved in that. And not only that, it was very closely intertwined with his band, Haunted Garage, which started in 1985, just as a garage kind of bluesy band who played bad movie themes from bad movies like the green slime or you know mothra or the blob which was actually written by burt Bacharach, you know just yeah. like really schlocky stuff and nobody really 
knew that they were covers because they had never heard these songs anyways. So they started just, you know, writing their own songs that sound like B-movie titles. And then eventually they started writing songs for movies that he was involved with. And uh, in my um, archiving of, of old material, I found songs he wrote for Surf Nazis Must Die that was never used, but also the soundtrack for Nightmare Sisters, which was used. Haunted Garage did the whole soundtrack for that movie. And then in 1991, they finally, they kind of, over the years, became more punky, more heavy metal, and their lineup changed a bunch. There was a, they're all crazy characters. There was a drag queen guitar player and a big biker dude, uh, you know, bass player. And, um, and they made this crazy album, Possession Park, on Metal awesome. Blade Records. And this is probably what they're most known for. And such an awesome cover art. That's the so best cool. album cover of all time, as far as I'm concerned. If you can't, if you're just listening, you've got to look up this album cover, Possession Park. It's by Alan Forbes Jr., which um, I didn't know until I started exploring him. Has done art for any every band out there, like Flyer R, Album R. He did the AFI covers for like The Art of Drowning. That's like, oh, cool. you know, something that I was listening to as a kid that I had no idea. Faces in the flames. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's stunning. A, two zombie girls in a roller coaster made of bones going into <laughs> Satan's mouth. I mean, with killer clowns to boot. Killer so. clowns and people hanging from balloons. Like, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. And and this cover really represents what the band was. Was an amalgamation of crazy B horror uh, energy. Like they would, you know. They're very closely associated with uh, Guar, let's say, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure most of your audience is going to be more familiar with Guar because, yeah. you know, they're on their 16th album or whatever this year. Unreal. They never went away. They're they're everywhere. Uh, but unlike Guar, who were just these larger than life cartoon characters telling a story, the Haunted Garage were just extensions of themselves. Like they were just being themselves a version of themselves on stage and that was even scarier because you're That's just awesome. like you know you might get hit by some fake blood or you might see him pierce himself and see some real blood you know what i mean <laughs> so like, where, it, was where more, reality... it was more of a freak show like horror show uh they had special effects friends from their movie career who would come and rig up you know gags uh chainsaw people and throw their guts into the audience amazing you know um just various props that were left over from B movies, stuff from like Return of the Living Dead, Chud Two, uh, The Brain, <laughs> wherever they could find weird shit, they would use it in their show, and that's what it became. And you know, they the significance of this band and Dookie Flyswatter is that they were really the true like underground kings of Los Angeles in that era. But beyond Los Angeles, people or he's relatively unknown, even though you've probably seen him before. Yeah. And they were so kick ass and they were playing, they were headlining with opening bands such as Tool and White Zombie and Nirvana and L7. And they would play with 45 Grave and and Soundgarden, just like every band you could imagine that would just attain, you know, huge stardom in the 90s and, and a number one album that kicking, uh, kicking Taylor Swift off the charts a few years ago, Tool, of course. Yeah. Um, Green Jelly, uh, you know, all these bands, but they broke up. I would say if they if they lasted one more year, they would have been up with them. And okay. they, because of that, 
this was the only album they released uh, until you know more recent years when they revived a band with a new lineup um and it's fucking awesome and it was on the forefront of all this stuff you know it was uh it's it's just people need to know about it and when you see it you're gonna have your mind blown <laughs> did i do a good job there yeah that's How perfect that? i mean I, the whole time you're talking where i'm going with this is like a couple things one I want to know a little bit about your backstory specifically, sure. Kevin, and like uh, how your your affinity or your love of, of punk. And two, um, you know, when we get down the road, how the challenges of making a documentary uh, <laughs> yeah, specifically, because sure. I'm sure that's hard too. Are you from Los Angeles? I'm not. And that's probably very surprising. I'm actually from New York. Okay. And I discovered, if you want me to take you all the way back to... Uh, it's a 1994, let's do say, it. okay? Yeah, I'm, ten, I'm 10 years old. The grunge scene is dying because Kurt Cobain is dead, right? And um, maybe this was 1993 even. When I was nine years old. I discovered Green Jello. Yeah. We all I know, know Green Jello, right? <laughs> Three Little Pigs. I mean, that song was massive, right? It was, on huge, yep. it was on TV all the time. Yep. It's so bizarre to think about such a song like that now, you know, being so famous. Um Danny Carey was in the band at the time, and he later formed Tool in Green Jello Studios, where Maynard was living with Bill Manspeaker. And little did I know, there's a, a video on here for The Misadventures of Shitman, which is probably the first time I ever saw Dookie Flyswatter, though I didn't know until years later that he was in there, turning into Shitman alongside Danny Carey. Just crazy <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. With the early internet, the next band you get into, of course, is Guar. Because it's like, if you like this stupid band that puts stupid shit on their head and plays heavy metal riffs, you're going to love Guar. And Guar was still pretty new back then. You know, yeah. they only had like four albums out at the time, which is just, you know, baby Guar to now, you know, compared to now. Totally. And, um, and then the next band I discovered was Haunted Garage. So that was the most mysterious of those three bands that I discovered, you know, in this whole world of music, because there was not, you know, there was just less information. They had only one album out. So I had this quest for knowledge and I started the internet's first haunted garage fan site when I was 11 years old. Wow. And, and very soon after, because they're not very famous, I had Dookie Flyswatter's phone number, right? Yeah. So, and, you know, sure. we've always been in contact even since then, you know, not like on the daily or anything, not, not even on the yearly, but we've always kind of known each other since then. And, um, and then in 2008, I flew to LA for the first time and met him and went to their reunion show and hung out and, you know, went to his house to get, while well, they were getting made up, you know, I, I'm just kind of known as like, the ultimate haunted garage fan and if you want me to skip uh this is a good segue into my professional life please yeah know, sure uh for the last 15 or so years i've been a professional videographer video editor you know i produce music photography and um and i've been hustling in new york city doing that because times are tough you know no doubt and uh that's kind of what i was doing for the past 10 15 years with hardly you know time to take a breath and so when the pandemic hit and all my jobs kind of disappeared for a while I was just digitizing old VHS tapes and got it in my head like 
it's about time someone made a documentary about Haunted Garage, and that's something I could start while I'm just sitting here in my pajamas all day, you know, <laughs> waiting out the, the lockdown and stuff. So I did, and now it's a fucking thing that I'm talking awesome. about on your podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I love that. I, I mean, we oftentimes have people on our show, and they tell these kind of uh, inspirational stories. That's an inspirational story Thank right you. there. You, you took, you it's, took it's uh, an inspirational story in the making. Totally. It's, it's <laughs> We're in the middle yet. of it. Yeah. Yes. You're in the middle of it. And, and you, you took this moment that you could have, you know, rightfully so you could have just stayed in your place during when COVID first hit and done nothing. And that would have been perfectly fine. It's like uh, what I was I saying, I don't know how to do that. Even if we just survive. That's all yeah. that matters, but it you is, took it true. and you took it to the next level. So that's a beautiful thing, man. So hats off Thank to you, you for, for doing you this. Much. And you're right. You're in the middle of it. How far along are you uh, with, with the process? Well, I, last summer I went to LA for two weeks about and came back with uh, over 40 interviews so wow yeah I have enough and and also in the time that I was just locked down in pandemic I um, had Dookie send me his entire tape archive and so I was digitizing all like just tons of VHS cassettes there was a beta tape in there like Whoa. what the fuck all the way <laughs> going back to 1985 that's cool it was just like a gold mine like I thought the five haunted garage tapes I'd collected over the past 30 years was like a good start and probably about as much as I'm going to get, you know, but Oh no, there's so much more. And I'm still getting stuff. As we speak, we found a lost college film he made from I'm guessing the seventies oh, unknown copy on eight millimeter, Whoa. you know, just like crazy shit that nobody's thought to look for. And that's part of my process here is like, just preserving the archive and story of this really extraordinary band that everyone needs to know about. That's and awesome. how, how early in the process did you bring? Oh him yeah. The into process. It? Right. Uh, like of, um, of making, did you contact him like right away or just he, kind of figure out an outline first, you know? No, well, he was definitely the first person I messaged or called and was just like, Hey, I'm thinking about like making a documentary about your life. You're, you're into that. You know, like if he, if I didn't have his approval, it would be dead on arrival. Of course. Yeah. So once I had his approval, I just started cold messaging everybody, sort of how I met you, being like, and, you know, I already had a lot of these contacts from over the years. People knew who I was either, you know, did just digitally or, or just, you know, I, I was also a member of Green Jelly and the Chicken Heads and stuff like that. So I, I'm in that circle of weird costume band people. Um, and people just happened to want to talk about haunted garage because that's so crazy someone's going to even make it think about making a documentary about this stuff that's awesome. um so yeah um i have a lot you know i've or, i've made the trailer and i started the indiegogo which we'll talk about yep. um so i'm in the middle of fundraising i have all the footage that i've already filmed like organized and like ready to start editing but i need a few at least a few more key interviews and then several others that hopefully will you know just be more you know fun to add to the story um lloyd kaufman i'm supposed to talk to soon very cool well, i was supposed to talk to him a couple of weeks ago but he got covid oh, the no. day before i was supposed to go see him you know because that he's in new york where i am so he's i can just drive to the city and, and do that um you know several of the band members that don't live on either coast they are willing to do it but i just haven't had a chance to because they're in 
you know, like Utah and, and shit like that. Um, so yeah, there's a few things that need to be done. And then, then it's really just finding like, you know, licensing movie, lots of movie cl clips and just boring paperwork stuff that I'm not really prepared for because I'm an artist mm -hmm. and lawyers are expensive. So stuff, <laughs> shit like that, you know, <laughs> really all the creative stuff is done already. I just need to finish it, you know? need that extra and i'm push. gonna do it right because i'm so passionate about this like if it's gonna take me years it's gonna take me years you know yeah and and so with the indie uh, go go campaign what can people uh expect as like rewards if they sign up for it do you have multiple tiers on there oh, that yeah. people can help out and, and donate to tons of stuff you know um most recently we got stickers oh hell so yeah for five bucks i'll get you five stickers and I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm saying this, but not one person has taken me up on that yet. Five dollars. Five I mean, stickers. On. I love stickers. That's so. just like yeah. a badge of honor, you know. Put them on your nipples or whatever. Do whatever <laughs> you want with them. You do dookie fly swatter. Um though that's like the easiest one. There's just like $15 tip, you know, buy me a cup of coffee. Uh $25, get your name in the credits. That's uh, as a thank you. That's um the most popular so far yeah um there's a print from 1992 that uh so the photographer's favorite photo of dookie being birthed onto stage it's you got to see it to believe it <laughs> it's just this gag they used to do where he would um there's this table with two legs sticking up that they made and he would like come out from under the table from underneath it and there's the whole umbilical cord. I don't know. It's amazing. Nuts. That's yeah. Um, and then what I think is the most exciting is there's um, different packs of demos recordings, which is just long lost haunted garage recordings, songs that nobody's ever heard of before, you know, uh, second album demos, stuff going back to 1985. Wow. Um, the, the soundtrack from Nightmare Sisters, the song they did from uh, the star. Um, cyclone movie by fred olin ray if you ever seen it they're oh, like yeah. the band in the club yeah um just like oh my god uh, songs they wrote for surf nazis must die they never got used a song they wrote for star slammers that never got used just amazing stuff so there's that um there's of course you know associate and executive credits for those with the deep pockets i'm still waiting for for all those i know your audience got some deep pockets in it so i'm expecting some a big bump after this they podcast. Sure do. that's right <laughs> um, just like a broad range of stuff oh most recently i added um a sponsorship tier so you want to get your logo in the front of the movie as a sponsor that is now being offered nice all sorts of stuff you know you know not many physical products just because that stuff costs money to make and I'm trying to make money. You know, I'm trying to make something out of nothing here. Yeah. But like maybe in the future, I'm talking to some, you know, artists that have been involved with the band and maybe they're going to contribute some things. So oh, very cool. posted. There's more to come. Well, what's very cool about cool. this is it it is an underground thing and it's it's not yes. uh, not mainstream, not like well known by the masses. Right. But what's badass about it is that you're bringing it to the masses. Um, you know, exactly. I, I, although we are a cult podcast, I think we have a pretty strong following across the board from mainstream to cult and everything in between. And his story 
your story, the whole story. And we know a good documentary doesn't just tell the story about the person it's profiling. You know, you kind of get a glimpse into like the whole thing, like what's what's yeah. going on and how, That's why how it's hard and it haunted garage, because, you know, their story is important, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think um, these idea, these stories of like, man, why did I never heard of this? And why why didn't I hear about this? And, and I exactly want to know about it. This That's, is for it's popular. You know, people want to know about stuff that like, I think most people, even mainstream audiences know about war, like you said, exactly, you know, right. It, yeah. it, but, but, but they were on Fox news, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I remember seeing them at slims in San Francisco, San Francisco oh, back in the day. And just like They're my still mind. Great. Go see them on tour. Their new albums coming out this year uh, in like two months or something like that. Yeah, this is important. It's important to Dude, get this, this, this still story out. The same awesome guar they always been, and I'm always going to be a hardcore supporter. If you look over here, that's my guar cave. It's all just filled <laughs> with guar toys that's and awesome. CDs and movies. Right on. But somebody right on. already made that documentary. It's in the film festivals already. So, you well, know, here's yours. I'll take, I'll take the haunted garage. It's it's the better story, anyways, because because you like you said, the people don't know about it, and once you know about it, it's going to blow your mind. You know, yeah. it's the Tiger King of Shutter. <laughs> there you go. Sell it. Because Sell it. People are like, why are you going to make a documentary about someone that nobody's heard of? That's exactly why I'm that's, making this documentary. That's the perfect never heard of the Tiger King it. until you watch six hours of that shit. And you wouldn't have cared about him if you never heard about him. And then you did. And you're like, I want more. I want more. Oh, yeah. So, you know, let's do part two or let's sell this as a series. You know, there's enough stuff. Yeah, you have enough footage there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I gave everybody a minute and a half, this would already be like a 90-minute movie. Who would so... you, if you were going to cast uh, Dookie, uh, oh, uh, who would you cast as Dookie in, the, uh, uh, in, a, in a TV series? Holy shit. I just meant it as like a documentary series, but that is an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. <laughs> think about it. Because we'll nobody back to looks it. like Dookie yeah. Flyswatter. You'd have to find somebody and put him in some great, facial prosthetics because that dude has a very unique face well, well here's his headshot <laughs> from the 80s i mean you could do paul giamatti for the first person that popped into my head but... yeah but he's kind of old now maybe True. him from the 90s you know True. <laughs> he could be old dookie that's true. Now, at the time of recording this, we have not recorded our Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bowl Rama review yet. But I would like to get your insight into it, uh, so we can, you know, take this as fodder with us into the review. So, what what are your thoughts on this film and where it sits in his, you know, pantheon of of movies and everything of of Dookie Flyswatter's movies? Yeah. Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama is a really dumb movie. <laughs> and um, people love it for that reason, I think. I mean, I think this is one of those movies that has a really great title with a movie attached to it. Not to say there's not nuggets of gold in it, but I mean, come on, this is not a great movie. No. <laughs> but it is very significant because it's... It, it's this movie is really the epicenter of that whole VHS, you know, horror, B horror comedy scene of the 80s, you know, with the Fred Olin Rays and, and all those people. Um, Sorority Babes uh, is the first movie that starred the big three scream queens, Frank Stevens, Michelle Bauer, and Linnea Quigley. And the only other movie they did together in that era 
is where's my props nightmare sisters yes. which was literally filmed about three or something days after this it was like definitely within the same month you know and they're so they're very closely associated it's the same director um dookie flyswatter of course in sorority babes babes plays the voice of the imp so he wasn't actually on set for this but on this he plays omar and uh, nightmare sisters he plays omar he gets his head ripped off in the beginning scene and also Haunted Garage does this, the awesome soundtrack, including the awesome title song, Sorority Sisters Succubus, available to the public for the first time ever on my Indie Gorgor campaign. Mm. Um, and yeah, let's see, Sorority Babes. It's an okay movie. The, the big <laughs> three, David Dakota, you know, a mall, which I think was underutilized. Those are my general thoughts on it. <laughs> I also always thought it had a fantastic poster to it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the poster, like, as you can tell, was probably made before the movie was made. Yeah, because totally. Yeah. None of these people look like anyone in the movie, really. The only yeah, thing they think, think they got right was Linnea's outfit. But yeah, it's right. definitely not Linnea Quigley on the cover. Right. No, not at all. So, you know, that's that's just the beauty of those kind of movies back in the day, you know, like a great artwork, great title, something to get you to rent it in the video store because it was that era, you know, and um, some a little bit of TNA, uh, just stupid monsters. Like it's not taking itself too seriously, but before the era where they were self-referencing how they are not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. It's, it's a very golden era nugget, you know, from the late 80s horror scene uh yeah. b horror scene it's it's kind of like the ultimate 80s b horror movie really yeah and i, I think we're all it checks all of, the boxes sort of within the same you know age range probably within about eight years or so so we all kind of grew up in that era and it is yeah. fun to see just that the height of like that b movie sl slasher scream queen type of thing having fun with right. it the zaniness of it all you yeah, know it's, it's, it's totally a comedy movie it's not really yeah. a oh, horror yeah. movie although you'll find it in the horror section back when there were video stores yeah captain video was my local video store nice um it's not it's a comedy and you need to go that you know that going in because otherwise you're going to be really disappointed it's not scary at all no it's, it's you'll a, be titillated it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun it, it's, <laughs> it's wacky a lot of fun. yeah it's a wacky it's not amazing it's it's okay it's hollywood chainsaw hookers i think which is like i would say the third in the holy grail of the scream queen you know horror movies um that really lives up. Like every second of that is entertaining. Sorority Babes is a little slow at parts, um, especially depending on which version you're watching, watching, because up until the newer, I don't know when this came out, but it's the newer Blu-ray, right? Yeah. Up until then, uh, every transfer was missing a reel of music on one of the last reels, the one with the fight scene. So it's like, how do you have a, a you know, seventh act fight scene with no music behind it? It's just this error that they they never corrected until recently. Um, so yeah, definitely watch the Blu-ray. It's a wonderful 2K transfer. Um, that's yeah, yeah, that's what we're using to review the, yes. the movie with. Zach and I both have a copy of it, and yeah, yeah. it looks great too. I gotta mm -hmm. I gotta admit. So just before we did this uh, this discussion, I, I actually just watched it. So I think it's a lot of fun, and I I can't wait to talk about it with Zach and break it down. Yeah, and I have nights. I have some <laughs> specific uh, notes if you want me to jump into some of those. Sure, sure, yeah, um, absolutely. 
Well, let's see. It played on 42nd Street, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, it was written in 10 days. It shows. Um, <laughs> had a great that great intro music here in the darkness by Greg Shore, who I have no idea who the fuck that is, <laughs> but it's pretty banging. Um, there's this specific insert shot, um, establishing shot of the sorority house, right? At yeah. the beginning, um, I guess before the initiation scene, where two guys walk by it just yeah. really quickly. Yep. And they just say some really stupid shit. And I, I always was wondering what they said, because it's not on the closed captions either. If there even is closed captions, I don't even know. Um, but I definitely rewound it like eight times this time to, to clearly write out what this guy is saying. And it's definitely Dookie Flyswatter's voice. He was probably just added that in during the ADR sessions for the imp voice. And he says, so I got out the peanut butter, pulled out my John Thomas and did the deed. And then it just cuts right to the girls. And you're just like, what? it's like subliminal. Like nobody's ever heard this before and like awesome. thought to go check what that is. But that's definitely Dookie's voice. Um, I'm wondering why there's only uh, like five people in this sorority. Where are the other girls? And why are there only two people being initiated? Like, that's right. a really sad sorority. They need some friends. It's a very niche sorority. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I think this was Andreas Jones' first movie. He was like 18 years old. Um, of course, he's probably more famous from be for being in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies later on. Um, he gives me some definite Rivers Cuomo vibes in this. Oh, yeah, nice. Right? Uh, you got to sure. note the shower scene, of course. Yeah. Um, when I interviewed Brink Stevens and Michelle Bauer, they said they were definitely the cleanest actresses out there because every time you see them, they're, they're bathing or showering for 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> Specifically in the what I call this, you know, the sister movie Nightmare Sisters, where they do it for about 10 minutes in a bathtub, all three of them. Uh, to the most zany haunted garage song you've ever heard, Yumpin' Yimini, Suck on My Chimney. <laughs> no, no amazing song in the sorority babe shower scene, but it's still noteworthy for, for it. how clean these, these girls are. Um, Buck Flowers, the janitor guy, like, of course, he's classic. He's like from John Carpenter movies, and he really held a lot of the humor in this movie, oh, especially, yeah. I've been quoting this for Ever, I hope I don't um, get any your podcast in any trouble repeating this line. But when the door shuts and he's trying to open it, says, uh, "God damn, this door's shut." Uh, oh my god, I gotta get it right. It's tighter than a nun's cunt. <laughs> and I just always remembered that because it's just so classic and, and weird. I love Linnea Quigley when she says "fuck." I think she had some. Um, I think she was kind of shy of. Uh, saying profanity even though she was always naked she didn't really want to curse on film too much yeah. so when she says it it's like really emphasized and i love that uh gutterhead that's like a, a great line crispy critter is another great line and then oh yeah these directors and they always put little jokes in the credits i don't know if you ever pay attention to the credits on these movies in nightmare sisters it was um that you could rent Dookie Flyswatter's head and they actually gave the number to their office. That's hilarious. You know, which actually is blurred out on the Blu-ray, I believe, but you know, that's what it was. And um, in this one, I noticed the wardrobe supervisor is Wilma Rubble. So <laughs> very good. One last joke in the movie for you guys who pay attention to the credits. 
That's my niece, actually. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get her on the podcast. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> no, we want you on the podcast instead. She's okay. She's, she's a train wreck. It. Yeah. <laughs> what I love what I love about this is you prefaced all this by saying it's a dumb movie. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, real dumb. But then, but but talk about like just some of the some of the highlights you pointed out just now. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun ride for Corey and I when we break it down. And, and, yeah. and, and sometimes the dumber is the better. So uh, <laughs> sure. we have fun with it. Yeah, for <laughs> we'll sure. have fun with it for sure. Yeah, you got to go in knowing that for sure. Yeah, Full Moon. It's fun. interesting that Full Moon was the one that put out the Blu-ray. They own the rights to it now, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and, I think uh, they have for a long time. Yeah, Charles Band and you and and Kevin uh, showed us the the big box uh, VHS yeah. that he has as well. That I yeah, think this came out like well, actually I, I remember ordering this while I was in LA filming the documentary. So that's nice. when it came out. Yeah, it's beautiful August, big box. Yeah, that's awesome. Very nice. I love that. Yes, it, it, very you know, cool I, artwork. Charles Band's always been good with uh, knowing how to market. They actually look stuff. like the characters in this. Yeah, one. for one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that, and and that little ghoulie on the top is it's yep. not very interesting to look at. <laughs> what what I love though is you have a love of uh, VHS and well, old school stuff. I have to clarify that although I think it's cool that people are celebrating VHS so much as they are now, I'm not really a VHS collector. I just was collecting these movies when the only way you could get them was on VHS. Right. So these yeah. are legit bought in the 90s, you know, when before they were on Blu-ray, before they were on DVD. So, you so have they're to actual get... vintage. They're, your, yeah. they're yours. <laughs> like, come on. This is like definitely an old rental copy. Ooh, that's great. Stuff yeah, Kevin's like that. It's amazing. The Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. In that awesome plastic rental case, you know, yeah. where they took the slip cover and put it in there. And that's not, I mean, it's very cool. I'm really glad that I have this, but it's not because I was collecting it so much as that's the only way you could see these movies back then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's now amazing. I just happen to have every edition of them, which is, is great because I, it gave me something cool to collect over the years. You know, Dookie Flyswatter stuff. If you get really get into it, there's always going to be new releases of his movies because he's in such so many of the classic 80s VHS era horror movies. Well, you and it's almost like they're making such a comeback nowadays. I mean, so yeah. many people are into the the nostalgia of the 80s and everything. And, and yeah, even the, putting the, them back out on VHS. I, I know like, they're actually making that? new VHSs like it's insane. So it's a perfect time for this documentary to come out celebrating yes. not just Dookie Flyswatter, but just that era celebrating the whole scene that right. was that late 80s, you know, just awesome, awesome scream queen scene that awesome horror movie scene like you said yeah. horror comedy stuff and everything this is a and the perfect rock, time you know? for for a, re, a resurgence of dookie flyswatter thank you you couldn't have said it i couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> and all those characters are in the movie you know they got the there's gonna be lloyd coffin we just got fred olin ray still looking for david D dakota but uh frank stevens michelle bauer of course dookie flyswatter members of guar green jelly the dwarves the adolescents you know, uh, Bill Mosley, uh, legendary photographer Edward Culver, just like all sorts of characters besides just the direct band members and, and you know, people like that. And I, I'll have all the links in the show notes to this episode, but 
uh, for people who are just listening and everything, where can they find the Indiegogo, where, your website, all that kind of stuff. Let them know where they can find you, where they can support you, social media and all that kind of stuff. Sure. The easiest place to find me is dukeydoc.com, D-U-K-E-Y-D-O-C.com, spelled like that and not like the Green Day album. <laughs> and the same on Instagram where I hang out most, Twitter, which I really just go to post an announcements and get the hell out of it as quickly as possible. There's a Facebook group called The Life and Slimes in du- of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage, which is cool because it's not just me. It's like also old band members and like fans from all eras, like sharing Dookie uh, photos and stuff. Like today, uh, Carl Crew from Blood Diner, who owns a venue called CIA in LA, um, the Cal- California Ab. California Institute of Abnormal Arts. It's a very strange place. Oh, I know CIA. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Carl Crew from Blood Diner owns that. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you probably met him if you've been there. <laughs> I have, I have. It's been a while, but wow, that's so cool. Yeah, wow. yeah, and of course, Dookie wrote that movie. And just today, for some reason, he's been flooding that group with like Blood Diner behind the scenes photos and, and stuff like that. So it's just like, you never know what you're going to see every day. You're actually giving us a reason to go on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, the only reason I stay on Facebook is to, you know, for this group and That's finding great. people for the documentary. <laughs> and and what's the Indiegogo URL for for the Dookie Fire? Oh boy, it's really uh, long. Just okay, then doc. <laughs> it's like you know slash the dash life dash blah okay. blah 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 blah. I'll, I'll put I'll put the link it's in, easy in the to show find. Yeah. definitely. <laughs> oh, Kevin, this uh, this was so much fun. This is really awesome. We are so happy to support the documentary. Uh, you know, as fellow artists, we love to support fellow artists and everything. And obviously, Dookie Flyswatter is right up our alley. But thank you. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show and, uh, and talking you. to us about all this. Yeah, I've been very excited to do this show. I'm glad we finally got to do it. And uh, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about sorority babes and the slime ball bolorama. <laughs> and as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Thank you for listening to Podcasting After Dark's exclusive interview series with Kevin Von Esper. And, as always, thank you for your support. <laughs>